Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster. And class is really in session today because we have two great discussions. The first one's on international basketball with Team USA wrapping up their week in Las Vegas. We have Terrell Emerson on the pod, ASAP Relly, T, as I casually refer to him as. He was in the building for it all, so he's giving first-hand takeaways. Then we're talking SummerSlam. We finally did it, folks. We got a podcast that is basketball and wrestling. I've been wanting this my whole life. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Khaled. I worked my whole life for this one. And uh, that's a, a really good conversation we had with our guy Justin Walker. And he got a shout out, shout out to the listener. As always, like and follow wherever you're listening. We have one assignment here at DU University, and that's just leave the show a review. However you felt about the show you listened to, give us a review after the fact. We appreciate it. It goes a long way in helping the show. As I said, it doesn't have to be a glowing review. Keep it hot. Either way, we're going to keep dropping. Without further ado, let's talk some hoops. There we go. We, we starting to get in the rhythm. We, we got we got T on and back to back months. There we go. We're just gonna start. Last time I gave him a formal introduction. You know, I gave him his titles, listed his degrees, listed his you know <laughs> editor in chief status. I'm gonna just start saying he's our NBA league insider at this point. <laughs> Put that prefix in front of his name now as well. You know, that's well, that's, welcome definitely to that. that's definitely something that I will I will. Uh, hope to to live up to for you guys definitely hey they're coming to you for the source bro yeah man i mean i'm gonna be honest man the support that i've gotten on twitter uh just during this last week just covering usa basketball i mean i've done it before obviously but uh to do it now with the company that you obviously you know so well to do it now under the under the umbrella of talk that talk it's just fun man it's fun and to see those same faces is it's really dope to see as many people be as interactive as they were on Twitter this week. No, I have to add on to what you said about being there now under the umbrella that you built. That makes it feel different. It's like, yo, it I, it's like I'm really in here. It's nuts. But like we didn't it didn't happen overnight in in the words of uh babyface ray. <laughs> not at all brother and, and, and if anything i mean hey we talked about nip last time but i think about them late nights drive to vegas crossing state lines we finally did it it just took time bro i'm crossing state lines on friday like <laughs> hey I but you, you, you like going back home right that's a good thing it's always fun to go back right home. right no uh, that felt like a shout out did you have another shout out because uh this would be the top so that hmm. that, that was a good one Shout out to Jay Wright. Shout out to retired Villanova coach Jay Wright. Uh, probably my my favorite and probably most enjoyable conversation that I've had this week. Um, just the honesty that I got from Jay. Uh, it's always fun when you could finish an interview and uh, stop the recording, but still have some conversations. So I definitely got some good stuff from Jay. Shout out to Jay. There we go. I feel that. Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, my man Justin because. 
as you guys will hear later in this podcast, we're talking SummerSlam, and I got my guy Justin Walker on here. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty unique fellow, man. Unique, intelligent, witty, witty guy. And, and we had a real good vibe talking wrestling at the end of here. So I'm going to give him that shout out right now. So y'all make sure you listen. With that being said, we're here to talk FIBA. We're here to talk Team USA specifically. Tonight was the exhibition game between Team USA and Puerto Rico. Like you said, Terrell, you spent some time covering that team during their mini camp. And we'll get into a little bit more of the bracket after that. But what are our impressions? What what were the vibes? For tonight's game or the weekend in general? Let's start with the game because you were there. I saw it and it was a tale of two halves, which, of course, we're not surprised. It's a good I think the second half was necessary that showing in the second half was necessary to calm the fears <laughs> to the an fears extent gonna, so I'm, I'm glad you said to an extent because the fears are going to be there regardless I think what it what it is and this is with all due respect to the 2019 team um I, I'm getting the the conversation hasn't been the same but I'm getting the same feel as the way it was in 2019 just the way people were were kind of dog in the roster and kind of downplaying the roster a little bit with all due respect like I said these guys are NBA players but I kind of understood it in 2019 just because of the lack of some of the names but it, it's not that I don't feel that way right now I, I just don't I, I look and I actually talked to Grant Hill about it and you look at somebody like Brandon Ingram in three years he may be in his prime in two years he may be in his prime you look at somebody like Jaron Jackson this is somebody who's going to be a defensive focal point for the next 12, 14 years, God willing, right? So I think this roster will be viewed a lot differently in the future when you realize how many young superstars are on this roster right now. I, me personally, I am i don't really feel like I have too much to worry about when covering this team. Yeah, I'm glad. Of course, shout out to Grant Hill because not only did you get some good advice from him, he talked to our station this week. And I was about to say that during the game, I got I caught the second half because I looked up. I was like, oh, shoot, the game started um, and caught the second half. Heard Grant Hill coming on commentary it was only a nine point differential at the half. Nine or eleven. Seven. 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 OK, th- thank you. I was going to say it was yep. one of them odd numbers. I knew it. It was it was nine or eleven. It was seven. I didn't want to go there. I'm Absolutely. Um, but on 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 the mic, Grant was cool. He was calm. He was uh, the halftime interview and he was like, yeah, no, I'm hoping that we come out here and really get some stops and really buck, like clamp down on defense, start playing some defense more or less. And I was trying to find the box score, but th- this game was covered uniquely <laughs> It was as it being, it being an exhibition game. Right. But they Puerto Rico scored about 25 points the entire second half, which yeah. that's, that's, that's more like it. That's better. That means that y'all are out there and maybe take them a second to get into a groove. It's their first exhibition game. I think this lineup has so many options that that's that can only be a product of we got to play it out a little bit. And with that, I'll, I'll toss with like I think Halliburton, I would want to start him, but I can't even argue with him coming off the bench because he does have so much just like intangible stuff that let the starters like say we're lacking somewhere say let him come in and just add what needs to be added to the flow of the game and that's like a really cold piece and of course Brunson is a captain but those are my takes on the game essentially and honestly man I mean as I said before this is 
it, basketball is a language. And once you understand the language, you understand the language. And that was my first thought. My first thought was this team struggled in the first half. First of all, let's just talk about the first seven minutes or so. The starters, oh, my gosh. I, I really wish that I could – you know what? They'll probably say it. The starters did not look good early. They – I wanted to say they stunk early. It felt like they did. I mean, the, the group didn't didn't have any cohesiveness, and and, and the funny thing was, I tweeted. It smelled about it. a little funny. It definitely did. It definitely did. I tweeted about it during the game, and at the end of the day, uh, you're gonna have lows, and I think in basketball you can expect some of them. And the thing is, whenever you get a team that's this new, whenever you get a team that is this young you're going to get those extra passes. It's like an all-star game. You're going to get those extra passes. You're going to get those unnecessary turnovers. Hell, we see it with the Las Vegas Aces, and you said it before, that is essentially an all-star team. So Team USA struggles in the first quarter didn't really bother me too much. Um, I do get why everybody was a little rattled to begin with, but once Austin Reeves got in the game, that, that, that pretty much settled down. Speaking of my boy AR. Yeah, man. Now, I saw him get kind of pieced up and separated on the second half. <laughs> I saw somebody get like an and one on him. Because, I mean, and at I, the end of the day, with somebody like Austin, you got to make him work on defense. You have to. Because right. he's going to find his spots on offense. So you got to tire him out on the other end. And here's the thing. I intentionally started with hate because <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> and it's a lot of like, yo, hey, his his little, his little online, the uh, Austin Reeves, section hive is is becoming a thing and i'm like all right hold on hold on hold on, hold on. no it's we, a thing we, we still we still need him to like come out here and look like a starter next season like we not like i feel good about it but hey we got bron tweeting during the game like yo he what'd he do bron like yo when i saw bron tweet, i was like bron chill the building <laughs> was nah, going crazy the bu- he the, definitely got the loudest pop in the building tonight you you chopped it up with him and it, it only made me think of what would i ask him like talking to him and you essentially did and made as many ways because you can only form this question so many ways but it's like dude you're feeling all of this love but how do you like what does that make you feel like you need to do in order to meet that like how, like where are you from that because you got this far you got it but like it's gotta feel like a mug right now yeah and but good be- thing it's a good thing no, definitely. It's a good thing because it's only going to build his confidence, right? And I think that's one thing if you look at AR, that's not something that he lacks. He definitely has confidence. The thing is, he's so smart, man. That's the thing. He's such a smart player. So any any player with that level of IQ, he's going to carve out a spot for himself anywhere, anytime. And that's just the way that it is. I mean, D'Angelo Russell kind of just talked about it. He obviously gave the analogy of taking him to any park in America. It's the truth. You could take him to any court in America because he's a smart player. He's a team player. And at the same time, too, it, it appears that he's a big time player. So the interesting thing is with him, when he goes into his regular season, obviously, I've talked to these athletes about what their regular seasons are going to look like. His regular season, and this is going to sound so crazy because I looked at his numbers during the game, 13.4 points per game, a little over three and a half rebounds, just over three assists a game last year. What happens if he gives the Lakers 15, four and four next year? That's all he needs to do. I was like, going to say, right, because I was like, yo, that's about it. That's, that's all we need. 
No, I mean, if you improve by a point and a half and you get one rebound and one assist a game, you're you're going to get more minutes this, this year anyway. So I, I think he's perfectly set up to be um, – and I don't want to say, like, star because it, it's it, – I don't want it to kind of convolute the situation, but he's going to be a star in the fans' eyes for sure, but he's not going to have to be a star on the basketball court. He's going to have to be serviceable, but he's not going to have to be a 20-plus point scorer every night. And for record, he was – 16.9, 4.6, and 4.4 in the, po- in the postseason this year. 16 now games. That, now, that, <laughs> now, now, keep in mind, if I just told you that if he gives you 15, 4, and 4 throughout the regular season next year, but he ups it in the playoffs, every, trust me, everybody in, in La La Land will be fine. And, he has, yeah. He's, he's got potential he for a little play. Ginobili role. And to be honest with you, that's what I would try to stay away from because – it makes a lot of sense what he could be. If he doesn't turn into Mono Ginobili, I think that will be like a letdown if we say it. You know what I mean? So I, I think I think I agree with you in a weird way. He just doesn't have to be that relied on. But yes, right. your role is a Manu-esque role. Right. But, Schematically. If yeah, you're Popovich but, in 08, it's like, well, we're gonna still, yeah. That's that's too far. Either way, it's 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 exciting. It's it was a buzz. <laughs> no, for sure. Other... And 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 him bringing that common presence, obviously before. Um, he, I mean, if if anybody had any questions whether Austin Reeves belonged here or not, as I said before, we talk about smarts. These coaches, Eric Eric Spolstra, Ty Lu, Mark Few, head coach Steve Kerr. Hell these are staff. brilliant basketball minds, dog. Like these are brilliant basketball minds. If they say Jalen Brunson needs to start, I'm they got me. You whatever you say goes, coach. And that's and that's truthfully the way it is. I, I looked at Paolo, be one of the last guys off the bench, believe it or not, Paolo Bancaro, rookie of the year. And you see how they're gonna use him. So again, like I said before, this coaching staff. They're working through the kinks. I think the funny thing is, Paolo might actually be in the starting lineup next game. I didn't hear it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't. I wasn't going to cut you off, but Paolo was next on my list because yeah. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Bankero fan from what I've seen. And Orlando yeah. fans on Twitter have been yeah they've been letting me know <laughs> every day they want to put the Paolo every day. I think that I'm behind that brother. <laughs> pause but like you know what i mean <laughs> trust me and, i'm with you he, yeah he, his, his his upside is is definitely through the roof and for him to be 610 and can do essentially everything on the basketball court yes i don't know man and yeah you saw defense out of him today i, I was going to say that i felt like he's a guy that yeah how this team needs to play a couple of games to figure out who's the fit i think you'll just say hold on we need more of this guy on the court stop yeah. it yeah, like next to our next to the rest of our elite guys in on this roster, yeah, like that's gonna look very decent because if anything, the big man was the spot was the last holes to fill on this roster as it you know came together piece by piece, and then the last couple of additions were Walker Kessler, and then Paolo Bancaro. Walker, you know, he got the final kind of minutes, but. Paolo was actually going to play for Italy. He had made that announcement personally and publicly that if he played international ball, he was going to play represent Italy. And then he has smoke with Italy. <laughs> or Italy has smoke with him. 
for for Team USA. And I was like, we got Paolo. Uh-oh. We're good. I honestly think we're good now. We're I think we're good because I was a little worried, but either way, I think what we saw from this team today was that they and overall, and, and you share if anything else, you know, what other highlight you saw and felt and just impressions as they get ready to head out. Hmm. I'll just say a name that we haven't said yet. Um I don't think you guys, if you guys listen to the talk that talk radio show, you kind of know how I feel about this athlete, but Anthony Edwards is good for the league, man. And he's good for basketball. Um, Anthony Edwards is somebody who, see, and I don't want to, and this is what's so, the the low-hanging fruit is the fact that he's wearing number 10, right? The low-hanging fruit would be the left armband, things like that. But I did see a mentality from Ant today where the first half, he didn't have it. He, plain and simple, did not have it. And I watched him take a corner three in the second half, and he clanked it. Yeah, and I, I watched it. Even though he took that corner three, I said he's about he's, – he's, he feels it. Because then, then he had a couple – then he had then he had a couple hard finishes. Like, he started getting the rack after that. Finishes, and then he hit the three from the top of the key. Now, when he hit that three from the top of the key, I watched him turn around. Time and out. And he gave the bench one little solid head nod, like, I got it. I, I got it together now. I think, to be honest, to be quite honest, you always need somebody to go to whenever the going gets tough. And I think what's interesting when you look back at the Redeem team, the three names that people – yes, LeBron was LeBron, right? However, LeBron also played facilitator a lot. LeBron was also relied a lot on the defensive end. He was like Pippen. Literally. On that team. Whenever Team USA needed a bucket, they went to Kobe. They went to Melo, and they went to Dwayne Wade. Those are the three names they went to. This particular uh, Team USA group, they're going to have to go to Brandon Ingram. They're going to have to go to Anthony Edwards. The buck stops with those two. Yeah, you need guys that aren't scared. Absolutely. To to be that guy. I mean, hell, you saw from Jaron Jackson in the first quarter today. That's defensive player of the year, and he gives you eight points because the offense is literally sputtering. Yeah. (laughs) No, Ant plays the game the right way, man. He is good for the game. Shout out to Kendall. We had him on the last pod because them Atlanta boys, they, they, they good for they good for their own just individual way of spicing the game up. <laughs> and yeah, no, I agree. He he has alpha traits, and the fact that he was kind of so raw as the player he entered the league as. The fact that he's taking it so seriously, you can just tell, mixed with everything physically that you would want in, you know, a great two guard. Just so it's sky's the limit. He, I said he has Vince Carter potential in this uh, world games to just have a classic, classic, classic photo. <laughs> He, he might get it. He might get it. I mean, the thing is, too, I'm glad you brought up Vince Carter because you need somebody that has the guts to to try it. Anthony would be the one. To, Anthony would be the one to try to jump over somebody. Look that. out. All y'all forwards on the on the other side thinking this is regular transition. I feel it. The, you know, play hard. Hey, you don't have to be <laughs> that guy because he, he's going to try it. He, he'll, he'll catch one. He, he's going to catch one. What do you think about how the select team tried to mimic 
what Team USA will see overseas, will see from the other countries with a Cade Cunningham playing like a Luka Doncic, which is what, you know, a a lot of narrative is right now. And slash Shea Gilgis-Alexander, league scoring leaders who are clearly going to be confident and playing under these FIBA stipulations where just the, the playing field is even. It doesn't matter what our players' overalls are. Like, um, it's a real college tournament sort of feel. Like, every game you got to earn the victory. And I have going to see some challenges. No, you're definitely going to see it. I think what, what's, what's interesting is – um. Man, you mentioned two names, and now I'm just trying to figure out, like, kind of how to go about it because you already stole my thunder a little bit by bringing up Luca because that's exactly what I saw with Cade. There's a lot of pick and roll action. There's a lot of getting downhill, finding the, the guy in the corner, finishing at the rim yourself. Luca is going to give this team problems. I mean, I don't know very many teams that Luca isn't going to give problems, but Luca's going to give right. this team problems. You right. look at somebody like Evan Fournier, who gave this group, not this particular group, but this Team USA group problems. Like, you're you're going to have those moments. Yeah. And I, this is the unfortunate part that it's I have. Not a bad, it's not a bad weakness to have. No, no, no. no. Like, it's not, not a bad no. negative to say that you're going to get torched by Luca. I mean, it's you could, you like, could but yeah. Right. But, but the thing is, too, you're going to see very early. Steve Kerr, not that, not that Greg Popovich doesn't know Luca, but Steve Kerr, I know Luca a little better, maybe. I know Luca a little closer. Now, I understand San Antonio and Dallas, they have their rivalry, but we're playing them when it matters in these high-pressure situations. Trust me, you may see two defenders at Luca the very first time he touched the ball. Had way more reps. It. Yeah, like pressure reps against Luca. Absolutely. And, and I think what, what what's interesting is too, Steve Kerr saw what Kay Cunningham did in 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 those uh four practice days, three practice days rather, leading up to tonight's game. There are elements to Cade's game that, as I said before, the pick and roll action, the getting the getting downhill, finding the open man in the corner, finishing at the rim himself, those are all things that Luca not only does, but he does at an exceptional level. So with that being said, that's still going to be a problem for this group. I, I think what, what's so interesting about the select team, though, is the select team, you may see members of the select team uh, on Team USA at some point and on the national team at some point. And I think about Jalen Green. I think about Chet Holmgren. I think about some of those names. And these are guys that I think, for, with all due respect, yes, it's their job to, to mimic the other side, but I think a lot of these guys are just being them because plain and simple, yeah. how do you mimic Shea Gilgis Alexander? You don't. Yeah. You yeah. don't. We're you trying gotta... to figure it out. <laughs> and then when you get somebody to mimic him, who's gonna be Jamal Murray? So now Team USA, there, there's no answer for that. There's no answer for that. I, as weirdly as it as it may sound, that that Luca point is is the point that I'm really really harping on because I think about those guards that love the pick and roll. I think about those guards that are used to be the the, the FIBA physicality, right? That are used to being able to handshake, that are used to being able to do certain stuff. And I mean, hey, we saw Ricky Rubio give this team give this national team problems. I've said it before. Any guard that is confident in his game and plays with pace, 
they have an opportunity to 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 have some success against this team. Now, I was going to say that just looking at the field, because yeah, I agree. My my big picture takeaway just now as you were speaking was that yeah, no, man, international play is good for the league. It's good for the league because the guys that are going, it's great to see these young guys committing to it at least and getting that exposure. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like once you get a taste of it, it's like, okay, hold on. I like I, this is this feels like the prime cut right now that I'm with. Like I'm gonna flock to that if I'm about that. So it's great to see, like you said, Chet, Jalen Green, K, these guys in there making a name for themselves, Austin Reeves even. And it will likely translate. Like these guys, you watch the Redeem team dot, which is a great one. I might just rewatch it now again because it was it's timely. But it's a good time to watch it, exactly. You you realize LeBron doesn't have the second, the last 10 years of LeBron, if he probably didn't learn from Kobe for that two months, if he didn't learn it because he was clearly capable. But if he didn't see and was able to soak up how to be the best you can be or, you know, just whatever he needed to learn from Kobe, if he didn't do that, it's no way that he probably, you know, extends that the way he does. So it's good. It's good for the players, your development. Wait, hold on. You don't even have to go that far. Go to 2019. Look at Serbia. What I had that I was about to get to after that was that I, we maybe have dodged a bullet with, with Giannis because he had a little operation in his knee, so he probably isn't playing. He hasn't been ruled out, but the final roster hasn't submitted. But what about Jokic? Is he even back from Serbia? Like, Jokic is on... Jokic is on a world tour right now in his home. I, well, I can't say world tour, but he's on a Serbian tour right now. He's a pre. He's he's lo- loving the fact that he's away from basketball. I don't believe he's gonna play. But when I point back to 2019, you we talked about Serbia then, and we talked about Nikola Jokic, and we talked about just the just the 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 trajectory that they were on. We talked about Luka, and as we said before, I, I think when you look at the field. Hope we've talked about it for so long, man. This the next face of the league. I've told you guys before, it's not a face, it's several flags stitched together. And this FIBA World Cup is gonna is gonna show that. I mean, we talked about it a couple of years ago with Team Nigeria, right? And and at the end of the day, these different groups, uh, Nigeria, I remember Australia was in during the Redeem team year, I remember Australia had a roster that we had to watch the Andrew Bogus, the Joe Ingles, the Patty Mills that we oh, watched. Uh, they're on the list of teams I'm worried about. And I don't know what their roster looks like right now. But, but you know, <laughs> but they, they, they know what they're doing over there. <laughs> and yeah, Canada's on the list. France is on the list. I we're able to clear this up now. That's a good thing. So final rosters were submitted. Jokic is not playing actually. I didn't think he was. Yeah. And Giannis is on the extended roster for Greece, but it's unlikely. <laughs> he, he's on the 22-man roster. Oh. So we don't – hey, there's there's a, there's wiggle room, I guess. But uh, I, I'm mostly looking at Canada. I, I think that, that the, the five like- they can get on the floor will be problematic or just able to hang either way, however you want to go. They'll be, I think they'll be able to hang. I'll put it this way. The U.S. didn't have Josh Hart tonight, and then Walker Kessler didn't play very many minutes. Therefore, you're basically doing platoon swaps. You're doing five for five, essentially. Canada can go five for five with you. 
with league players. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> your score is gonna have Lou Dort in front of him, just so you know. <laughs> whoever and, you want, whoever's your go-to score will have to deal with Lou Dort. And your backcourt has Shea and Jamal Murray. And yeah. Them boys are gonna be tired. Just chasing them boys around. They're gonna be tired. Y'all gonna have to play. So man, man, I, I think that um I think that touches, you know, on most of what we wanted out of this preview. I really appreciate you uh making the time to get on here and do this right after we got we just kind of wrap way with a wrap all of this up and hundred percent tune in to talk that talk yeah, on Mondays and Thursdays. And you're going to get even more Terrell, more of what he's he's bringing on the regular and a, a lot more on Las Vegas sports and definitely World Cup basketball as it nears. Definitely. Definitely. And as I said before, too, I appreciate you for always having me on. I appreciate the audience. Appreciate you guys dealing with my dealing with my craziness. But as I said before, shout out to Twitter. Just thank you guys for um, I mean, who knows for sure uh it's always good to especially sometimes you get locked in to just work and sometimes you're in the middle of live tweeting or whatever the case may be and you see a fan that isn't able to watch the game and they're just super appreciative of what we do so i tell you guys all the time none of this matters if you guys don't read don't watch don't listen so we appreciate you guys more than anything shout out shout out you see them boys in <laughs> you see them boys in montgomery Dog, you see that chair shot? Oh my god, bro! Like I, dog, I usually run away from from things that get me in trouble, but that that looked fun. I'm not even gonna lie, <laughs> it did. It looked like a ball. It reminded me of high school. That's what's wrong. Oh man, how many reactions to that? There's too many things to take away from uh, that greatness. I don't know. I saw it only a hundred times in all these group chats, and I was like, "This, this looks totally ignorant." I'm not looking. I'm not looking at this. Man, I mean, I was like, hey, by the hundredth time, I was like, "Man, what the hell is this video talking about, man? What they talking about on here?" At the end of the day, man, it's kind of like the the Jose Ramirez Tim Anderson situation. Keep your hands to yourself. Just keep your hands to yourself. And I mean, hey, hey, man, keep your hands to yourself. So love, you, love each other. Love each Jerry. other. Yes, we need we need more love. In Shout this. out to Jerry Springer. Love yourselves and each other. Each other. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Long live the king, brother. That's oh, crazy. Big Jace, play us on out of here. And that, ladies and gents, is why this is D-Hoop University. Clearly, I couldn't wait to talk about some basketball. Give you an exhibition game against Puerto Rico. I'll give you half an hour. <laughs> Shout out to T, man. Let's talk some wrestling now, folks. I will say we forgot about Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, but Seth has his own episode. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, let's do it. I'm happy to have a good friend of mine on the on the pod right now. Introduction, I don't think I'll do it justice because he has a diverse resume, but this is a man of many skills. This is a man of many hobbies. This is a man of many of of a diverse background and experience and uh and, and a nice wrestling belt collection. 
<laughs> at one point, at one point, yeah. You mean to tell me you don't still have them? No, those went. Uh, I I made the mistake of putting them on eBay uh, a while ago. To actually, I ended up uh, buying a camera with them, so that was it. Sort of worked out in that way. Okay, okay. No, there there was a trade in there. There I, was, I see, there was, yeah. I see what you do. You got value. <laughs> Justin Walker, we we That's are coworkers. Great. He is a uh, he is the manager for one of our uh, digital team. He is a guru when it comes to web when it comes to writing Sounds so heavy when you put it that way he's the he's the manager no no i'm just i'm just a guy i'm just a guy he is 100 just a guy <laughs> whilst whilst being just a guy he's also the manager of the web he's also a guru and with the writing and with the photography and um and long form film reviews on twitter you should give this man a follow ah, no, good stuff stop good it. stuff <laughs> so we're finally getting to informally slash formally do what we do on a daily basis <laughs> on a every day of every week yeah absolutely we work opposite shifts uh for our news station so there's about two three sometimes 30 minutes of overlap with our shifts depending on how it goes yeah best believe in that overlap yeah there, there's we sit right next to each other that we're the two in the classroom that might need to be separated because <laughs> we're off task this is true but it's the beginning of my day it's the end of his day cut us some slack yeah i'm about ready to talk some uh talk some wrestling by the time the uh the end of the day comes along it's like did you see what happened last night type of thing 100 100 yep. well we had a show last night man something happened last night it did SummerSlam. Yeah. Yep. SummerSlam 2023, Detroit, Ford Field, 59,000 or so they say. It looked like a big crowd. It looked like a really big crowd. It looked packed. And I've I've watched a few YouTube videos since because I wanted to – I have a hard time getting a feel for the pops, getting a feel for the crowd reactions, watching on TV. And so I've watched back on the YouTube video to see exactly – uh, how it sounded and usually you can see like you and I both went to a AEW double or nothing and you could see the empty side on the uh, on the hard cam side like there mm-hmm. were there were there were there were plenty of seats on that side I'll tell you what that didn't look that way at SummerSlam it looked absolutely packed if you, if I had to guess I would have guessed more than 59 I I don't know the way it's they are hard with those to eyeball numbers, that yeah yeah it definitely is the way they are with those numbers you know what was it hulk hogan in front of uh you know ninety five thousand slamming uh, andre the giant you know at the, at the silver dome brother brother at the silver dome brother you know yeah so so i never know what the numbers but, but i mean just eyeballing it it looked looked like a great crowd so me and shiv who's you know the this the second most heard voice on this podcast we had a no notes episode a couple episodes ago this one it's sort of going to be no notes, but nice. that's because I know you kind of watched and made your notes in real time. A few, I watched, yeah. yeah, I watched the show in an interesting order for sure. I uh, woke up from my nap, getting ready for my overnight shift about an hour into the card. I was like, okay, I'll finish this match. All right, let me go back to the beginning. All right, I'm gonna jump this one. All right, let me get to the real time. I want to catch the main event live. wait we're only 10 minutes into the triple threat women's match (laughs) okay um let's see here and 
man, there's a lot of meat on the bone from SummerSlam last night. It's yeah. it's not getting consensus reviews, which I like, you know. You know, it should be provocative and to some extent. I think we have to start at the top, you know, on my brief list of just literally word mentions. I've got the crowd, which we Mm -hmm. already got into. Um, I have L.A. Night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've got the bloodline. Yeah. I've got Logan Paul. Mm -hmm. Who, by the Um, way, made it. He made it to his brother's fight. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it in real time, but I knew he was going to because that fight wasn't on until mad late. And in real time, yeah. when that opener ended, I was like, oh, he's got plenty of time. I, I wondered, though. That's not an insignificant uh, insignificant flight. He showed up uh, wearing his ring gear from SummerSlam, sporting <laughs> a, uh, and we'll get more into it, I imagine, but sporting the, uh, the little black eye thing or whatever. Yeah, a little shiner, huh? Yeah, the shiner. That's what that's what it was. Yeah. So, man, I'll tell you what. That's uh, you know, that's credit to air travel, I guess, right? Yeah. No, I think he he might have gained an hour going back across. I don't know what time. Oh, zone. is that what it was? Detroit is. Yeah. He might have, but yeah. Shout out to him. He had a big night. Yeah. The, Paul, the Paul brothers had had big nights, respectively. Yeah. Let's talk about this bloodline, man, because okay. that was the main event. That match got at least 25 minutes or so, 30 minutes, tribal combat. And that was just Roman's intro. <laughs> and eventually they rang the bell. <laughs> that, yeah, that guy can stretch an intro, and he's been doing it for a long time. This wasn't the first. This may have been the first time that I felt it, though. <laughs> I was like, okay, Roman, walk a little fast, because that was not an insignificant ramp. That ramp uh, was a, a hike in and of itself, so. Well, you didn't know when he beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, he inherited the longest entrance. That's exactly crown. What <laughs> when it became his yard the next night on Raw, it, that meant that nobody can rush him. He he passed it. Yeah, Undertaker passed it along in the uh, the glacial pace. And Jay came out. You know, mm-hmm. I got I got jazzed, man. I got jazzed for the main oh, event yeah. right before it started. And I'm watching the promo package. Bash is with me on the couch. You know, we're waiting for all. He really likes Roman's music. The Who doesn't? Roman's music is great. He starts doing this little stomp around. We we both do it. (laughs) I get get off the couch and do it with him. It's so dramatic. It's so, it's really, it's good stuff. Another funny moment with Bash. So they're playing the promo package and, you know, they got theatrical music and they're doing the telling the blood they're telling the story about how the split happens and they're doing the i'm out two and surprise super kick yeah. as bash is watching this with me he just got back from a trip to hawaii and i swear he like graduated the first grade within in a week <laughs> wow he came back and he's watching this and he's like quiet like watching it J- roman gets super kicked he's like oh no <laughs> i'm like bash dude i know <laughs> i know bro yeah <laughs> So it's kind of how we all were a little bit like, oh, oh no. A lot of people wanted this. A lot of people thought that Jay had to be quote unquote the one. Yeah, it felt like the next progression. You know, if we we're moving through uh this story, it seemed like the next obvious point was was the you know, the Usos kind of uh you know turning the other way, flipping the flipping it on on uh Roman. And we got swerved. 
we got swerved. Long story short, yeah. Because, um, which, by the way, I want to go back two seconds to what you just said because it was a signifying throughout the event. Man, the Triple H regime bringing back those promo video packages, bringing back those really effective um, video packages. They had a really good one for a match earlier in the night that they're, man, they really stepped up their game because it tells the, that story in a way that you understand and you feel it. And it was good. And and to the point where, like you said, we got swerved and, and uh, you know, you can question the, the, the choices that were made, but uh, you can't question whether or not it resonated with the crowd because... Well, I I won't take away from the, uh, I won't take away from your description of what happened here. Well, well, here's the match in hopefully 30 seconds. Um, Gets going a little slower out the gate, but it's tribal combat. It's no disqualification. We were told that it could be no interference. We were told. Yes, that we We were. Remember that. Um. There was a good table spot where I was hoping Roman speared him off the apron. I thought that would have looked really good. The Samoan drop off the aprons did still look good. Um, they're getting their, they're both getting their blows in. I think Jay even got a splash in before it really got too out of control. Mm-hmm. But however it happens, they make their way through the crowd. While they're in the crowd, Solo Sokoa pops up, attacks Jay. My first thought was hands in the air. Whoa. Yeah, I thought the elders said nobody's allowed to interfere. I'm but almost certain we were told that. I don't have it on tape, but I'm pretty sure that they said that at one point or not another. Not like it aired live on TV at the contract signing. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Not that we had a, what was that week of SmackDown promoted as? the? Not that we had a rules of engagement. Oh, God, the rules of engagement. Yeah, the, <laughs> the on paper only, apparently so but remember they didn't sign anything there was no remember jay was like we don't need to sign this we're doing uh tribal so maybe that was it maybe they didn't sign it it was, so, it was ordained yeah well, i guess so well, so not only was the title on the line the undisputed universal wwe heavyweight championship the role of tribal chief in the bloodline was on the line yeah. which is you know a, a storyline significant piece not per se a uh as fan, as wrestling fans, we're gonna have to lose. We're gonna eventually have to remove ourselves. We're gonna have to distance ourselves from the bloodline because that story will sort of wrap, and it's been hand in hand with the title and the main event scene and the family. But we're gonna have to slowly let that sail away, and and be a thing that happened, and it's no longer kind of the present. But anyway, because that 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 tribal chief thing. You know, once this bloodline story does, Roman will always be the chief. But we'll see. You know, when he loses the belt, his chiefdom won't significance won't be attached to the belt. Anyway, whatever. Sure. Solo jumps in, and then Roman kind of doesn't have to do anything for it feels like 10 minutes. Roman kind of does nothing. Yeah, 10 minutes is about right. It it felt long. Yeah. And you know, Jay gets beat up. Jay gets the upper hand back. Roman spears solo. Uh-oh. Jay splashes Roman. I think that's the sequence. And then, you know, that was a fake, you know, that was a false finish. Eventually, Jay gets momentum on his side again. I forgot what move or finisher that he hit that was building up to this, but had the crowd on the edge for a potential three count. 
and he gets pulled out of the ring, and it's not by Solo Sokola. No. We see a tightly hooded figure with the all-white Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. I said, there's Jimmy. You caught that before I did. Oh. That's, that's pretty good. I think I did in point, literally, I think I did in point one seconds. Oh, yeah. It, it was instantaneous. It was because, well, we talked about this, too, in our day-to-day, but we were saying, you know, the one storyline element that is definitely playing out at SummerSlam is Jimmy's coming back. Hmm. So is that, does that mean Jimmy's coming back to help his brother? Of course, then if that's one option, the opposite is, is he coming back to turn on his brother? Right. We, we saw the reports of the two of them wanting to work a feud against each other, involve their father, Kishi and all that sort of stuff. I, so as when I referenced every, a lot of people wanted this, a lot of people wanted Jay to be the one. I never felt like that was possible. Hmm. Similar to the Sammy predicament where, yes, you can now because he got himself to the point where he's earned a win here and let's see what he looks like as a champion because he's honestly earned it. But in my head, I was like, well, what's next? I do have something that I want to tease at the end of this. And that's this Endeavor stuff because I saw some UFC WWE parallels and I'm just, I just wanted to say it now so that way we didn't forget it. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I, I saw, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this bloodline. Then we're going to do shout outs. So, so mm-hmm. get a shout out in mind because we skipped Uh-oh. that over the top two. We, we had yeah. such a natural intro. We didn't get a shout outs in. So yeah. um, think, you know, get one ready. But Jay, Jimmy pulls his brother out, super kicks him, stabs him in the back. Essentially, you know, Marty Janetti, Shawn Michaels, barbershop window, all over. You know, you heard of that before? I've seen it. I've I've heard a little bit about it, yeah. Jimmy turns on Jay, back in the ring. Roman spears him through a table, ball game. Mm-hmm. And Roman retains. Funny fact, and this match was his first singles. Not only was this his first singles match, his first title defense, all of that since WrestleMania. Mm. And I'll just say it now. Let's get let's kind of just mention that part now, and then we'll we'll move along with the rest of the card after we do this. When I talked about Roman and Seth and John Moxley being comparable to the Oklahoma City Big Three, mm-hmm. I mentioned how Roman is just in a different stratosphere. When people complain about his TV time and how many times he was defending the belt, for one, he's defended it now almost thirty times. Two he's entered a different stratosphere to mm-hmm. where I, I, what I said on that pod was that it's like Muhammad Ali. And then I walked it back and I was like, it's like a Floyd Mayweather. Like you're, he's not fighting 10 times a year for the belt. You're going to get a couple. And then as I stood on some more, when they mentioned that this was his first defense since WrestleMania and first singles match since WrestleMania, everybody can poo poo that the internet wrestling community can crap on that all they like. Mm-hmm. How often does Israel Asanya defend his belt or John Jones mm-hmm. or Volkanovsky or, you know, whoever the reigning women's champion is because we lost Amanda Nunes. She went out yeah. gracefully. The, these marquee UFC fighters, the big ticket, the UFC itself, it, it's a, you know, calendar based operation too, but to where they can structure things looking ahead three to four months at all times and having that kind of map paved out to where, all right, yeah. What's today, August 6th, 
I bet we'll get an announcement of whatever the December big pay-per-view headline is in the next month or in the next couple of weeks or so. And WWE at WrestleMania, WrestleMania week, WrestleMania weekend, maybe the announcement came through that the company was in the process of being sold, but the announcement was that it's now official and the person, the company acquiring WWE is Endeavor, the company Mm -hmm. that also owns the UFC. And of course, there's been, you know, talks of those combining and joining and launching on the trading market publicly as a joint entity. And both companies have just continuously leveled up in terms of revenue and what their value is, regardless of how content fans are. You know, the numbers don't lie. The the dollars don't lie. And with the same company kind of overseeing it all that was why i felt like roman couldn't have lost at at wrestlemania to cody because that's something so stable that you have as a company a two and a half year title reign that's hot as hell over as heck we don't need to start juggling this while the company's in flux this is true not not only that but the truth is this this title reign and and in conjunction with a lot of other great characters has really brought on a boom period to wrestling that where there's no question it's hotter than it's been in in uh, for a very 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 long time last fans are coming back and new fans are are coming in that's why they were purchased you know so the idea of a sea a sea change in the first hours of a, of the them being uh acquired by endeavor just seems unlikely now not that we knew that at the time you know and i think you and i had discussions going into mania about you know uh, is he gonna pull the trigger and i i had some theories that maybe that maybe cody wasn't the guy and and you know but i can't i'm not gonna claim clairvoyance here and say like oh i knew the whole time like no you know there was a there was a decent chance that that cody ended up with that belt but Knowing what he was we a betting, know now, he was a betting favorite. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, knowing what we know now, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been a good move. And and as as bringing it back to SummerSlam a little bit, as much as this would have felt nice having Jay Uso be the person who dethrones Roman Reigns once again, I, I I don't think it's the time, you know. And and I think they, you know, I think they made a good decision. But my issue with the match. And when, uh, you know, I maybe jump at the gun a little bit here going into this, but my this was the first time, in my opinion, where this bloodline story might be showing a little bit of its age, or might be showing a little bit of its uh, weakness. Let's just call it its weaknesses, because I don't know what you felt about the match itself. Uh, I I was I was. I'm not, I'm not going to say I, I told you I told you I, I spent the first 15 minutes on my phone. Oh yeah. After, yeah, after oh, the yeah, promo yeah, yeah. and entrances and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it was uh, Jay's entrance was very exciting and they they you know I love the ring I love the uh the announcements of the the uh the the fighters but once the fight started there was a lot of walking hitting walking hitting there weren't a whole lot of it kind of felt like the uh their original f- 
fight back in what 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 I don't in the Thunderdome era. Yeah, the Thunderdome at like their Hell in a Cell feud. Yeah, where it just it was a little bit like Latin. I I don't want it once again. I'm sure it was very very taxing, but it felt a little lackadaisical. Like they weren't heavy on the drama, heavy on the storyline point we need to build to that but the build isn't really building i mean i would have liked a little more story it just felt like walk to this part punch walk to like to me the match really started when solo did interfere even though that didn't make any sense that he was interfering that that was when i was like okay now we're going now stuff is happening but the the entire build just felt like it was like it was like not not fully building the build wasn't building you know and we we it didn't feel like it felt like okay so jay's getting schooled by roman again okay we've seen this before like where where has he grown how has he grown let's see you know that that's an element that i like about roman though is because he's like yo dog he tells you this yeah he says this on the microphone on friday he's like why do you think you have a chance? He's so demeaning and he's so blunt, but it's only because he has this run where he has backed it up every step of the way through nefarious means. But it's, um, do you, you're going to make me do this to you. Like, really? But uh, you're right. You're on the money with, with what you said. There's a lot of talk about who's been producing the matches and sharing of that i think they said jason jordan was responsible for this one but it's kind of like they hit the ring with all right solo's gonna run in jimmy's gonna run in and we got a table spot here's 35 minutes and then they were like wait what what, how exactly are we stretching this you know we don't have to anywho i think that this is like you said showing the tread on the tires with it. And I think this is just, you know, it's like when Sammy, remember we, we came in the, the night the, or the day after Elimination Chamber when Sammy had lost and mm-hmm. like another week passed and we realized he was just not a part of that story anymore. It was going a different way and it was Roman and Cody and it was now this, this Usos KO thing. And it was yeah. kind of like, man, I, I think I told you I was like, Dude, when we when we look back on those full fledged Sammy and the Sammy Uso days, mm. they're gonna feel so good to just like reminisce on. But it sucks that it's real life over. That yeah. like that 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 page is is done. It does, and what I noticed just from my perspective is that it. I jumping forward to what we're gonna see, Jimmy versus Jay. I'm way more excited about that in terms of seeing where that develops where that goes even if i do think the reasoning is my might be a little questionable we'll see we'll see what they do to justify that attack i'm not sure exactly what they're going to come up with but i'm way more excited for that match than i am for anything that roman might do coming up and from what i understand he might not be doing anything coming up so it's probably a good thing that i'm more excited about that roman might be taking an extended vacation so you know it was a main event that I, I think honestly there was another main event on the night that was probably probably the actual main event yeah. despite itself. And I'll, you know, we can go into that as we go into more of the card. Well, this is kind of the purpose that SummerSlam serves. Yeah. It's the end of the summer, literally. And that comes with an energy of, ah, here we go, you know, or or man, that sucks. Summer's gone. 
but storyline wise it's the end of the bridge period post wrestlemania and the horizon of the road to wrestlemania you know prelude like it's the pivot point and i think we're what are we two months away at this point from fast lane like fast lane we're in the fast lane on the road to WrestleMania. I mean, you, you, we're we're this close to somebody pointing at a sign again. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of incredible how this has gone. Yeah. No, I saw I saw Jay and Jimmy on the green WrestleMania backdrop, yeah. and they were like, "This is one thousand percent happening." And it was like, "Yep." I mean, if we look back, you know, the Daniel Bryan story started at SummerSlam, wrapped at Mania. The mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar return at Allegiant Stadium, which I ha- I was there for. I was starting to walk up the steps when this music hit. It was like, <laughs> whoa, wait a second. Yeah. That was Planet There, wrapped at Mania. Last year, SummerSlam's not coming to mind right off top, but this is what happens at SummerSlam. So mm-hmm. we we had like I said, we have to we have to distance ourselves from it. And it's hard to everybody c- can feel on whatever side of the fence you are about it. But the wrestling community was attached to this bloodline thing. And whether it's Roman and Solo going forward, like you said, and that might be a, a distant future, a distant going forward. We don't know. We really don't know what, what, what's next for Roman. We really don't know. And and I'm very interested in what's next for Roman, because at this point, I, I don't think, I mean, unless we're, they're trying to build towards Roman and Solo at WrestleMania, which I don't necessarily think they are, but if they are, boy, we're we've got a long, long build for that one. That feels that feels pretty rumble-ish to me. That would if they were gonna sense. do it. Yeah. But also solo seems like he could we're gonna start getting into who's winning the rumble talk. Solo would seem like he's due for a Royal Rumble performance, at least. So mm-hmm. I don't know how they do that. Um he wasn't in the I, Rumble last year, was he? I don't believe so. Oh man, he he might have been. He I, I think he's less than a year in still, which is what's crazy. Is that true? No Royal Rumble wasn't that he where he debuted uh, at Clash of the Castle last August. Yeah, last so August, the Rumble was where the Rumble was where Sammy finally turned right, turned on right. the bloodline. He was just in, yeah, he was just in Roman's corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow! Happy one year, Solo. <laughs> good, 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 good stuff, bro. Keep keep it up, man. He's been doing we're, a good job. I, I like we're rooting for you. Yeah. Um. Last last thirty seconds on Roman. Who do you want to see him go up against next? Um, I I have okay. So maybe a hot take here. Uh, I think I think he needs to drop the belt before Mania. I think he needs to drop it probably at the Rumble to Cody. I, I don't I know how s- that happens. I'm here for that, man. We, we got we got this weird brand gimmick to get over if we're going to do that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, Co- Cody's they, going back to back at the Rumble. I think nobody really wants that. No, I, so I think the Rumble. They got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the Rumbles, the Rumble could be a huge turn. I just don't think we're going to get I don't think we're going to get that big. Because I because the truth is, and maybe call me a mark, that's fine. But the the truth is, at Mania, I want The Rock versus Roman, and I uh, and I don't need it to be for the belt. It can be for the uh, the Tribal Chief uh, role, which is kind of where 
they could be gone. They've now established the uh, the necklace of hot chili peppers. I don't know what they actually call it. They have now established. Only, that only that Michael is... Cole knows the name. Yeah, but he said it really well. I'm not gonna try. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I I would fail miserably. But it'll sound like um, ukulele. They've now built that as a a um, worthwhile thing to fight for. So you could easily have the Rock versus Roman at Mania for that to take over to to finally uh put the bloodline put the the anawaii uh family in the right quote the right direction you know um i'd love to see that fight and i don't think it has to do with the belt i think you can put the belt on cody and have him finish his story at rumble and then have him up against somebody else i have an opinion on that uh yeah, we're, we're gonna get in the we're getting into Cody next. Um, I I will echo, I echo you with with that for one. Yeah, this this bloodline thing was rising tides lifts all ships. Mm-hmm. Jay Uso's nowhere near where he was. Jimmy's nowhere incredibly near incredibly successful. Just because they had, in my opinion, one off pay per view, right, does not mean that it's been a failure or it's oh is something. Yeah. It's been incredibly entertaining yeah. and successful. Yeah. I just I I, I'm kind of bummed out that the first chat the first time we've had a chance to chat is after what I consider kind of a a bummer pay-per-view because I'm not always feeling like this usually they're gold but this one I was like I think we're maybe seeing the like you said the wear on the tires you know yeah ah to another 200 days before we see Roman defend the title (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Bray Wyatt anyone Bray spooky Roman anybody he fell asleep he was supposed to come out but he fell asleep sorry i had to suppress that i get random outbursts i've got bray ptsd it would Um, be nice to see him wouldn't it insanity they say is you know anywho yeah we're gonna do it like this we're gonna i'll i'll we'll toss out some new ones i'll toss it to you or i'll go and then i'll let you go and then we'll try to move it along because what we've got some ground to cover in order to try and recap this pay-per-view that had a lot of elements to it it was dense brock cody next because cody is the guy who the machine is behind yeah i I will let you give your takes and i will uh follow you up after that it was the uh the battle of the unfortunate tattoos i think i don't know about uh the dagger on brock there and then we all know about the neck one but Tell you what, I, this may be a hot take, but Brock Lesnar is really good at release German suplexes. Yeah, he, uh, he does a lot of those things. But I'm telling you, the, the thing is, like, the last half of the match, in my opinion, was like, it was amazing sh- storytelling. It was chef's kiss, you know, just the constant throw Cody out. He barely makes the the 10 count. Throw him out, barely makes it. Just great storytelling. Old school. And I, it really was yeah it, and then i don't know if you heard about this so you know cody cody takes the the w and and you know pretty much beats him clean um which is huge just in terms of his character getting that respect and the post match segment where brock almost hugs cody and raises his arm i don't know if you heard about this but he that, that was completely unscripted i'll take i'll take triple h's word for it yeah, well, uh, I mean, I I believe it, judging by Cody's face, because that he, smile he gave at the end was kind of betrayed him one way or the other. It felt it pretty, was a real smile. Yeah, it, yeah. Brock, 
for one, he, he put the hand out, took the gloves off. They both took all the tape off, put the hand out. And then he didn't do the gentleman's handshake. Brock went up with it and like bro yeah, hugged him, yeah, like yanked him by the arm. Like, yo, come here. <laughs> Brock's huge ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, look at these, look at this. Is this sports? Like, <laughs> is this, is this sportsmanship? This is incredible. To me, that made the match. Like to me, this, I was very lukewarm on this whole feud. Cause why i mean i understand they had to fill some time and those are two of your biggest names and i you know i knew cody was you were lukewarm say it again you were lukewarm yeah yeah for sure and the first two matches i thought kind of on the rubber match yeah but this one i thought was dynamite i really did they didn't have any cody's arm in a cast going into it they didn't have any gimmicks no nothing on the match other than these two guys going at each other and the beginning of the match, like I kind of insinuated, you know, it was a Brock match where he did a lot of release German suplexes and, uh, and you know, that is what it is. But once they got into the storytelling aspect and the, in the, the back nine of that, of that match, man, it, it really like, it really captured my imagination. And I'm really glad that they were able to finish that feud in that way. And if, which it seems like it's true, but if that last moment from Brock was unscripted, it added so much to that match and it was what made that match. So kudos to Brock for finding the natural conclusion to this. That was the most satisfying that it could be. Brock's just a natural at this pro wrestling thing. He's and pretty um, good at it. to say, for one, I don't think any writer back there is saying, Hey Brock, after the match, shake Cody's hand. I don't the only think the person I think you could tell him to do that is Vince and Vince might might do that. Right. I, I don't think anybody has the authority to to hand Brock the script that ends with <laughs> hug him. <laughs> hug this man. <laughs> so I, I I do now extra think that it was intentional, but I saw something else, bro. And, and my take on uh I'll give my my rundown on the whole thing real quick, but yeah. some folks were saying that that might be it for Brock. Oh, I think I, it's I, it for him for a while, but I think I we're going to do the Brock, yeah. uh, the Brock retirement tour. What I saw was that Cody said Brock's done after that. That's interesting. What Cody said was when Brock is done, because I watched the the okay the, somebody somebody paraphrased maybe so because Brock uh, Cody's point was after Brock is done, people are gonna understand what they had here but not like not until he's actually done will they understand so i think the idea there is like he's on his way out but i think we've still got we we've got the brock lesnar uh retirement tour i'm pretty confident before before this whole thing is said and done but yeah cody did talk about it and i don't think they've been hiding the fact that that's you know it's it's closer than it is far away at this point you know yeah i mean his debut was oh two man 20 something years ago yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I could see Brock going home, putting that match on, and saying, "Damn it, that might be it for me." That that was pretty darn. That was pretty darn like re- wholesome and, and rewarding. And you know, I let Roman have the belt. I you know didn't care to go after this little heavyweight belt. I got Undertaker out of here. 
I got John Cena's ass out of here. Yeah. I think that's it. That might be it for me, champ. Hey, it would not be a bad – you did what every – he did what every wrestler kind of wants to do is, like, bring the next generation up a little bit when you leave. So if that ends up being Brock's right. last match, it's far from the worst one I've seen. He'll he'll come back and, you know, have a match in Saudi Arabia with DX or something like that. You know it's going to happen. It'll be fun. I love I love going back because he does seem to genuinely have fun when he shows up on, yeah, on, he does. Uh, on his own. But um, I love going back to just be a point in time, but everybody was so mad when Cody lost and the next night when he didn't get, when he had the tag team and he still wanted Roman and they had the tag match, he was with the tag with Brock and then Brock turned, everybody was so mad, was, was so frustrated and here we go and all this and that. When they have hit this Cody drum at the perfect beat, every step of the way since he's got back essentially and some of that was you know out of their control with the injury back at hell in the cell and the time off but dude the documentary which i've yet to see but i know it's hitting home I, i've been watching peacock more and it's on the like peacock is pushing it about by, by some accounts wwe's keeping the lights on over at peacock so shout that's, out to them that's what i hear that's what i hear <laughs> um but cody is the man he is as like we said old school baby face as it kind of gets right now i'd love to see heel cody when that time comes but i think that, that that does not need to happen anytime soon yet i am so kind of just like behind this guy being a pure good-hearted dude and when he gets on the ropes after the match and he does his little bring everybody up move, yeah. <laughs> move flailing of his arms i dig it the whoa you know what I'm saying? I looked back at that. I told you I went back at that WrestleMania intro and I got so damn emotional when he saw negative one. Oh, yeah. It's like, Jesus, man, when Cody wins this belt, it will be insane. So they, they've got they've got nothing but gas right there, but they've got to plan it right. But Cody's Cody's about this through and through. Mm -hmm. Another guy who's about this through and through is uh Mr. Knight. Yeah. L.A. Knight got his moment in the Battle Royal. We talked about it, and a lot of people talked about it. You know, some there was discussion of, well, what's the point? Why didn't he get the U.S. belt? Yeah, I get it. The U.S. belt might be an anchor. Who knows? So maybe mm -hmm. he dodged a bullet, so to speak. Who knows? Maybe the, the U.S. title. Was, was Austin Theory in that match? He and was. Why was he? That he was, was in the match really... to get eliminated by Santos to build their match for Friday. I mean, okay. I know. Also, yeah. your yeah, U.S. title, your your U.S. champion was in a, a Slim Jim match. So. That answer wasn't supposed to win you over, but that was the answer as to why he was in there. It, it was so that our U.S. champion isn't not on the card. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right, and that's. I mean, that's fine. I just I remember right. seeing him at one point during the match. I'm like, what is he, he, he doing he here? Did an <laughs> Literally, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't see him, so you yeah. Didn't no. get an entrance. Uh, Everybody got the jobber entrance except for uh, who? Except for LA Knight and uh, um, AJ and Miz. Oh, it was AJ? Yeah. Oh, and Miz got like Miz got half an entrance. entrance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He came to play. So, I, I was saying how I was like, well, I mean, if anything, shout out to Rosenberg, cheap heat guys went back in time and said, what's the last battle royal that's actually been on the main card? We know they have a lot of these. They do these a lot. But yeah. which ones have actually been on a card that we will go back and play the pay-per-view and see? And this is actually the first one in like 
I kid you not, like borderline 10 years. Going um, back but, a little bit to that, uh, to the video package, they were trying desperately to make it clear that it was important and it, it worked to some extent. Now, now here's the question. Would it have been as important? Would it have felt as important if Omos would have won? Would it have felt as like, oh, this is a moment, but it was the guy that everybody's been cheering just just non-stops for the last couple of months now. So who made the battle Royal feel important? Did LA Knight make the battle Royal feel important or did the battle Royal make LA Knight feel important? Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, uh, this is about crowning the right person at the right, right. time. And it, it, it's just sort of the whole concept was, this is just some arbitrary one-off accolade that we could put on his belt. Yeah. to legitimize him see what if and i will tell you man it, it meant nothing and that was probably my highlight of the night I, it was just kind of like so. i i went i told you i did this back and forth with the card and i was yeah. like where's la night i'm not spoiling it i need to hear the mu- i need to hear that man's music mm-hmm. <laughs> like i need to do the thing the point the point yeah elbow drop yeah yeah like i need to do all of that he won over the top over the rope that was a pop. I think that might have been the pop of the night. Oh, I think so too. Uh, by, by the way, just, just to go back one second notice, man, I love Omos as a monster, as a big monster. He's so fun to watch. I, I've I've done a complete flip on him. Didn't like him at first. Love him now. If you're going to have a monster, he's a great one. So anyway, just had to give a little love to Omos. But uh, yeah, so I thought this match, was, this match was one of the best of the night. I, I think them doing the botched spot from SmackDown – was a huge point like to their that was a that was a day of call 100 percent. oh they knew they knew what they were doing yeah well, yeah like, let's, not let's gonna let that. that get them down and um my one critique was give that man a microphone jesus christ <laughs> was it was give him a mic after yeah. that i would have wanted to hear it but i i also it was not too much. It was the perfect amount of, hey, this guy's going to be visible. We're going to introduce him to our entire fan base and audience, viewing audience who's seeing this. You guys are going to realize that we're giving him time because mm-hmm. there was a, you know, there was a call out on the SmackDown Open I saw on Friday where he he kind of lost some steam in what was being said on the mic before his little match with Sheamus. It got a little... I'm using, you know, I'm, I'm I'm using the crutch lines. Like I'm not really saying anything, but that wasn't even really a feud. So mm-hmm. LA Knight needs to be given something. I, I like, so it was nice that they have him one. This is just the moment after the match. We're, we're, we're going to build and do all that more. Maybe we're gonna make you tune into SmackDown for that. So I, I want him to catch a real feud. I don't really know what that is immediately right now on SmackDown. They, they, they've got to make some sense of some things. Luckily, but, they've got a month to build something because heading into a whatever, oh, a payback. You know, they've they've got plenty. They've got a whole month to build something for for LA Knight, and I think I think they're going to. I think the reaction, you know, proved to whoever needed to know that this guy's for real, and the crowd will get behind him. So it's as easy as finding someone who. I had a vision just the other night where I could see, you know, once again, this is after LA Knight has done a nice run as a face. I could see him turning heel and having a great run with Cody. 
I, I, I could really see those two bouncing off each other like a, a rock and stone cold, but, but we're far away from that. But for right now, they just need to find a good, a good, you know, counter, a good heel that, that he can really bump up against. And, and uh, I don't know who that is right now, but hopefully, you know, that's what they make the big bucks for. So they could find that. Plus I think he should be moved over to raw. I really do. I think he's a, he's more effective on raw. He would be given time on raw and, mm-hmm it probably would be effective. I agree. Yeah. We'll wait and see, man. But LA Knight, man, yeah, he's uh I think this next three, four months, even Survivor series might be about LA Knight. Mm. That'll be it'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, between now and then. I think I got I think we gotta talk about Logan Paul next and Ricochet. I love it. Let's do it. That that was my that was probably my favorite that was my favorite match of the night. And you know oh I goofed. I was supposed to wear the Prince Puma t-shirt for this pod Oh, that I have. But we, we've talked about, you know, my introduction to Ricochet and it was Lucha Underground and him as Prince Puma, where he was a world beater and not, you know, more so pushed down in, into a cruiserweight or a, uh, or a, you know, not, he, he, he was never a jobber, but he went a long time until he finally, it, so I watched SummerSlam and I'm like, thank you. This is all it takes. I thought Logan Paul needed to win, but I was like, this is all you have to do with Ricochet. He is incredible. Just give him a long, hard fought match where he will win the crowd over. He'll eventually take one high risk too many and lose in a commendable effort. You gave Logan Paul the brass nuck spot, which is even better. You got mm-hmm. his fiance throwing bombastic side eye ringside and now everybody knows more about ricochet Mm -hmm. and is down to support ricochet when nobody ever hated ricochet it it was only uh well this is cool i I don't know how far to kind of get behind this but like i said i saw in the lucha underground first which was a completely different wrestling universe but he -hmm. was their first world champion he actually might have been the second i think johnny mundo was the first world champion but that was the first feud, and you saw him lead that entire division. And with the mask that he wore, he kind of had a different energy in the ring, and he was more like, oh, this guy's kind of kind of, kind of special. Strip the mask, and it's just, okay, this guy can do a lot of cool things. Hmm. Now, I feel like through that match, we know the person a lot more. The re- We know the wrestler. We know the character a lot more. And it's what he's always tried to be about on some I'm, – I'm not backing down. I don't care about whatever size has to factor in. I'm special. I'm going to be special and watch me do what I can do. There's nobody. Finn Balor maybe only has has the core strength, you know, that that guy has. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't think he's in the – I'd love to see him in the world title category. All over on Monday Night Raw even maybe, but – I think his ceiling is that. I think he's the highest ceiling kind of loose, you know, cruiserweight similar to a Rey Mysterio to where you might could sell me on him getting one. You might could sell me on one push, getting him literally to the moon because he's captivating. He puts his body on the line. He's, you know, a work in progress character wise, but all that's about comfort. He doesn't know what he's trying to get across to the crowd in the allotted time that he's had for the last couple of years it's like you give me 30 seconds you know behind the tv and the fake ropes in the back with 
Kathy Kelly and how am I supposed to, you know, give the cheesy speech that's going to make you feel me? Like he he needed he needed this. Mm-hmm. And I think the loss didn't hurt him one bit. I think Logan Paul knocked it out of the park again. And we'll, let's keep slow walking that as well. But again, man, long-term storytelling. This started with a splash spot in the Royal Rumble in January. And we got a banger of a SummerSlam opener out of it. I think I think you're I think you nailed it every every bit there. I think both of these guys needed exactly what they got. And I, I don't I, you know, all Ricochet needed was a story and all Logan Paul needed was a win, to be honest with you. You know, they they performed admirably. It was it was a great match to watch just in general. Like what a hot out of the gate match. I mean, it was Logan Paul still has the best buckshot Larry in the game. And I, I'm not dude. the, the ring to the floor. Incredible buckshot. Larry. I, I said, <laughs> I, I actually sat up and until yeah. they did the replay, I was like, was that like a four fifty like splash? I saw the replay. I was like, Oh, he did the slingshot. I was like, that was like an avalanche lariat. Like, it's incredible. Even if it wasn't flawless, <laughs> bruh, you got me with that one, dog. You got me with that. He's one. got that consistency that, you know, the guy's got trademark moves. He's got, you know, he's got things. Logan Paul is at this point a full blown WWE superstar. He's not. A celebrity match anymore he is a performer now and to me that is saying something because how many celebrities have you seen make that crossover there aren't a lot he, he does this in his off time you yeah. don't you don't two week three week ramp up and start doing springboard frog splashes no or or spanish flies off the apron that are intended to land on your feet bro <laughs> knock it off Spanish yeah. flies off the ladder, off the rope, through a table. You don't, you don't wake up and do this. How many celebrity wrestlers do you know that even know the term Spanish fly? I mean, we've come a long way, and I think the fact that this guy's matches are consistently good, and they're not. A lot of times, they're not going to blow the rest of the card out of the water, but they are consistently good. He plays a good heel. I, he is he's pro, he's the best quote unquote celebrity wrestler they've ever had here. You know, grabbing the prime drink out the crowd, pouring it on him a little bit. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got that prime, isn't he? He's got stuff. Yeah, he like, does. He's got stuff that's that's working. It's pretty impressive. Yep. Don't know what this. You know, don't know how far we're going. We're going to take it. I am going to. In, I wasn't kind of watching some of these last go home shows, and you were. And you were telling me, you're like, hey, this Logan Paul Rocheshade thing is like kind of the best thing on TV right now. I, I think it was. It was the best moment in that with that particular uh, show, whichever one it was that we were that I was watching. I was like, this was the only part that I uh, really connected to. It was, was a well told feud, and I guess you know if we're thinking about it, it's probably not done. Ricochet is not going to take the brass knucks and and never fight him again, probably. No, I, and I th- I'm down for it, especially if they come up with a um, gimmick match, ladder match, anybody. Yeah, put some stakes on the line. Get um get something else in there. Um that that was that was not bad at all. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I just even thought about it. Remember we were talking about this and we were like, where who did Guther get the Intercontinental Championship from? And wasn't it Ricochet? Was it Ricochet? I, I remember we never figured it out. I think I think it was. It was Ricochet yeah, or it was Shinsuke, sense. but yeah, it, it was. We have the power of the internet at our hands. Why haven't we checked this one yet? <laughs> too much work. Yeah, uh, I, well, I know. You, know, you got to type and everything. Yeah. Once once AI figures it out, then we'll we'll do that. So we had a Guther match, Guther and Drew, which I haven't got a chance to watch Bell to Bell yet. Mm-hmm. I, I stayed tuned after the main event and saw the show run down and saw Guther did what he had to do. Drew was uh, a little disheveled, making his way back up the ramp. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think Guther was losing anyway. He was about to break the all-time intercon- IC record. Oh, and yeah. He's got, a, he's got a thing going right now. So It's a done deal now. Yeah, I didn't think he was losing. And uh, Drew... Drew's got to do a little something. I'm glad to see him back. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's got to find a little something. So there's a lot of anticipation for what he's going to do Monday night. There's some heel turn talk. There's a lot of heel turn talk. And psychopath Drew is scary as hell. But it needs something. So he's got to target had, Seth if that's the case. I had I read an interview that he just... I think he even said he does not want to turn heel and he sees why mm. Cena never wanted to turn heel either. Now, is that setting up for something here? Is he, does he kind of right. know what's in the cards? Yeah. You know, it's Every, everything's never, a work. Uh, yeah. Everything's, everything's a work. Yeah, exactly. So I will tell you that match didn't wow me. I, it, it, right. it, it was a good Gunther match and I, I do really enjoy everything, but I mean, you know, it's, it just i think the other matches leading up to that sort of had a lot of them had something special and this one while it was enjoyable you know it had, what is the what did big e say it's a, a beefy boys slapping meat you yeah, know big, it was big, like big meaty men slapping meat yeah <laughs> the uh I, I enjoyable but just i you know unfortunately i've kind of felt like okay we got what we got you know I wasn't on the edge of my seat to to get to like how I said I I was like where's LA Knight on this on this show right. I, I kind of wasn't the same for that one because and even Mania remember I told you it took me a couple of days to kind of get through all of Mania and yeah. get back to that match in particular is because from what I've my introduction to Gunther was you know still Walter days mm-hmm. and I picked up from his couple of matches with Dragonoff that his matches have an arc yeah. It, they they are a match that is heavy on the pro wrestling and his style and how it meshes with drew drew neutralizes the size advantage that Gunther, that gunther has on almost mm-hmm. everybody else or if not he's that he's outright bigger the intensity and like drew negates all of that right so it's like now you're making gunther you're kind of showing his weak spots and you don't mm-hmm. want to do that too much with him because it's like, okay, well, how are you going to make this seem like he actually beat Drew? Or are you going to make something like he got away and then that waters down Gunther? So it was a tough spot for them both to be in. Mm-hmm. The triple threat was definitely better than this one. I would say without even seeing the match, how can I say that? <laughs> but It's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> taking your Instincts were correct. <laughs> I'm still all the way in on Gunther. It's just, that was one of those things where they were clearly looking for something for Drew. And this one was probably a one-off. 
there was nothing there that would make me think less of either of the men in the match. Genuinely, it was just yeah. At the end of the day, the combination it it, it was a hard spot because the the match can't. I'm sorry, the the card had three bangers at the beginning of it, and then it just started slowing down. And that's not that's not that's not Gunther's fault. That's not Drew's fault. It's just their their place in the card. I don't think WWE expected the the um the uh, um battle royal to be quite the the moment that it was. So yeah, I, I just think that they were a victim of their own sort of uh uh hotness, cards hotness. I got three things that I still want to try that I want to have spend however much time. Yeah. Um or less time that we we do want to yeah, we'll rapid fire it. I like but, it. But um the women's triple threat. Mm-hmm. EO, the MMA match, and I'll let you pick which one, whether you want to go Ronda, Shayna first, or Asuka, Charlotte, Bianca first. Yeah. You want to go to that right now, huh? Hmm, That's fun. Um, Because I think those two matches both suffered from the same problems, you know, to to a lot of extent. I, I just, a dead crowd for each and every one of them. That's why I had crowd on here because I don't know what to make of the crowd. These international crowds have been so lively yeah. that it's a little tough. And I'll, so we're going to start with Ronda, Ronda and Shayna because I think I'm in the minority, but I've appreciated what's, what Ronda's – and I think everybody can't, you know, level-headed, objective fans can see this and agree. So maybe I'm not, it's not the minority, but there's not a, you know – strong following that's like hey we're here for ronda there's not a ronda section like that Mm. i've appreciated a lot what ronda's brought to the e i think that for one to preface there there's you know there's there's a lot of speculation that that was it for her i Mm -hmm. didn't really feel like it the way it went out like if if between her and brock if you had to tell me this was one of their last matches or last you know appearances kind of as full-fledged active wrestler roster members i would easily say brock mm-hmm. i would say ronda maybe left the ring like hmm we might need to keep this or i i still want to do something gotcha. and she's clearly spent way less time doing it but that time has been effective bro i think that triple threat with with becky and charlotte that was a big i've watched that match several times mm-hmm. you know kind of went back and like watched it and caught it in it for what it was I think that uh, her title reigns were, you know, symbolic for this women's revolution, like crowning moment of it now, of like, now we have somebody who the company is putting in front of all the posters along with the horsewomen, but this is just a new piece. Like Ronda worked her ass off, man, to to get in WWE. All of her, I, I appreciated her matches because she's a real fighter. We've seen her take a beating. We've seen her dish a beating. When she got in that ring, it, it wasn't patty cake time. You know, her her strikes and the kicks and all that, whatever. Yeah, they're all worked. But that in between, the bumps that she was willing to take, the effort into it all, I appreciated it. And I kind of don't want it to be over. So that that's kind of where I'm at on that. MMA rules, 
was kind of, it, it was decent to me. It was cool to me. I feel like, you know, that match in Saudi Arabia even might've got just, you know, felt way hotter, but don't really know what to make of it. Want to see, cause it's like now is, is, is Shayna a face now or is she still a bully? Like, I don't know. So the, that part doesn't seem resolved. And I, I, for that reason, I don't really feel like Ronda can be done. I think they both enjoyed that in this feud so far on a personal level. Yeah. I, I think my, my problem with Ronda as a concept is she, she's a, she's a monster that was never conquered. She, she, it never felt like anybody, anybody who ever beat her seemed to, and then this towards the end, she was being beaten, but it, it always seemed like they would do it on a whim, like, or on a, on a, not a whim, but a fluke. There'd be a fluke win, like when Liv cashed in, like she was about to lose, you know, the, the cash in here in Vegas. And, and then she, you know, then like, oh, she, she kind of got her on a, on a, on a fluke. I think that the problem with Rhonda wasn't what she was doing. It was how she was being booked. And when you look at somebody who is a legit fighter that comes in and you want to build her as a monster, like that's not usually a face, you know, and, and that's what they did in the beginning. Then when she, when she became a heel, they didn't really give anybody like the, the, the crown is like, Oh, look, this is the monster. This is the beast slayer. You know, this is that, that person. It was just, she's unbeatable unless you catch her at a good moment and you can, you know, like, even look at that mania main event that you cited the 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 triple threat main event her shoulders were up off the mat for the last pin they didn't even give becky the the uh you know the ending that that she kind of deserved that year so yeah, hard i really think i didn't her, like that finish but yeah her whether or not it was on purpose I, I still don't know to this day but um i think it was mostly her booking that was the problem with with ronda and if we are seeing the end of ronda and i don't think we are not not forever i think she'll be away from it for a while i think she thought she was handing the reins over to her friend to be the new women's division monster um you know i i think it's going to be a a tale of bad booking looking back not a not a tale of bad performances um and hopefully, and, and I think she'll be back. I think she'll absolutely be back once she gets bored and, you know, has, and once decides she wants to make a few more bucks, she'll come back. But uh, yeah, for now, media. looking back at it, I don't know. I, I don't blame her as much as I blame the booking. I think if, if you subtract Rhonda, I know there's a lot, 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 lot of women's wrestlers that, that will, you know, wash her away with their, with their ability and have grinded at it for so long and, deserving an xyz i think if you uh if you substitute ronda with i don't know let's just say brick baker mm-hmm. for for lack of a better you know sure. substitute for top of mind i don't think that you know ronda you know her, her name value the fact that she came over and took it serious i think it did still with flaws and with some bumps and, you know, band-aid here and, you know, dust this off here. Didn't love the mic work, you know what I mean? But I did think that it helped the Beckys and the Livs even still just because, hey, I beat Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah. 
but yeah, I, would, I would agree. Yeah. I, I don't know. Think... Yeah. Not, not judging that, not judging that match too harshly, not, not making that, you know, no, no real negative energy get being pushed on that at all. It was sort of, Hmm. Well, what's, I, I feel like something needs to keep happening here. Right. Yeah, it, it's possible. It, I mean, you know, I, I once again, I, I think she's gone for a while, but I, I think you look at a, you look at somebody like a, you know, like a Jade Cargill, right? To where they built her up as this undefeatable monster, and by the and when she finally lost, it was a huge celebration. I, I they there was not that undefeatable wrestling monster uh, character that went into her. And yeah, went she into, did lose uh, a lot, and and then was up too quickly after the pinfall, yeah. like normally to where it's like Ronda, you got it, you got to sell. Yeah, I just think it was a bad build, uh, and I don't think the current regime was really in charge of it when she started that build. So, true. very true. Uh, you know, we maybe she'll have a second go of it. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out at all. Yeah. Our other women's match on the main card, I thought. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you had you had notes that were rather succinct and rather accurate. My one liner for for that match on the pot before the ending of that segment was like Oscar's little top rope DD or like Charlotte's top rope DDT thing. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't hit the, the match didn't hit. The match wasn't connected. It, no. it, it wasn't hidden. And to be honest with you, those are three really talented people in that ring that are really, really good wrestlers. But for whatever reason, I don't know what the reason was, that match to me felt like a bunch of people playing wrestlers. Not, not you know, the the, the perfect example is when Charlotte had to get her, her wardrobe fixed by the referee in the middle of the match. And I'm just like, are we doing this or, or are we going to pretend? Look, I, I understand, but I understand that that's a problem. But also, wouldn't most people kind of roll out of the ring and roll with it and like figure out a way to do it off camera? She stopped in the middle of the ring and told the referee, hey, fix my fix my my costume for me or whatever. And not I don't want to be I don't want to feel I don't want to be this that negative because I love Oscar. I really do. And I think Bianca Belair. She drank that C4 in her entrance like it was paying the rent. And I, I I believe that. And I like her as a wrestler. And Charlotte has moments. But the the three of them together just felt like, man, what are we what are we doing? Like, what are we? Th- this didn't feel like a full-blown professional wrestling match. It felt like we're playing the roles. And uh, honestly, like I said, you, you were talking about my notes. My notes were... This is sloppy. The crowd is dead, and I'm praying for for EO Sky to come out and save it. And you know, not it didn't happen before well, the match look. ended, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, and knowing that, some of it seems now like they didn't prioritize their match. What they prioritized was setting up the cash in. Because the cash-in made kind of one that it was like the biggest aha, duh, she's cashing in right now. And I'm here for it. Not not like a negative, oh, here she comes trotting out. Like it was like a, oh, yes, something. Because right. for one, Eel has great music. 
So the music hit, and I was like, wait, who's that? <gasps> oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just happy because the whole time I was thinking Bianca is you know, first off, first my first question is, oh my god, is Bianca actually hurt? Cuz it's it I was buying that for a second. Same the whenever you come back down the ring, you let me know that it's a work. Right. And that's when that's you come when back I, down the ramp. So I was cool with that. It was um, that moment that I knew Io was showing up and that was by the way after I wrote my note. It was that moment where I'm like, oh, well, this is our cash in because she's so hurt. There's always the, the wounded champion. Yeah. Who, it's who the emerged. only way you're going to, it's the only way you're actually going to and let, let Bianca lose without necessarily losing any heat because it wasn't, you know, she was so injured. So, yeah. And Bianca, for somebody who's, you know, we can trace back to when she began her, her wrestling career. In, in less than five years, we might be pushing five years now that she walked through the performance center, hmm. but um, she's almost perfect. Well, she's great. She's, she's, she's on what, what she's done in that time and the role she plays in the company, what her title reigns were. She's now at least a two or three timer after yep. this quick run, quick win. Um, and, you know, I can, never publicly talked down on a black woman so she i i'm like a loyal supporter of hers and it's tough when you want it because like when the cell when the top rope thing kind of happened and she went i was like it was almost it was sort of cringy but i Mm. feel like the crowd made it sort of cringy Mm. because there was the but they weren't reacting they were reacting authentic they weren't you know there there wasn't a nobody speak it was a i texted you i was like what is this match right yeah, I was like what the hell is that? What, what's going yeah. on? It just didn't feel developed. I, but, I think she's great. I think Bianca's great, and I think she is probably running into that danger of going into the John Cena territory. Of she's such a good, a good. She's great at everything, and she they're gonna start booing her, you know, because of that. Like, and well, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for her to start popping that real real talk. That real, you know, it, she does it from a face perspective. Mm-hmm. But if if Bianca goes full bad B I T C H territory, oh yeah, and and starts just laying it in, you know, dresses different, comes out with Montez, like I can't wait for that. Yeah, and and the street profits are on their way there. It seems evolution. like evolution. We need the evolution of Bianca. And, and watch, as soon as she does that, everybody's gonna love it. Oh yeah, so and she that, won't and do it and become a heel. I was about to say that doesn't mean heel turn. That's not that's the easy answer. It doesn't mean heel turn. It just means a new attitude, a new evolution of her. And I think she's primed for it. More C4 forward for it. Yeah. Maybe I should say she. <laughs> she she's got a, a a world ahead of her still. Um, I appreciate Charlotte. In the women's wrestling mm-hmm. of it all, I appreciate her. I, I get everybody hates that she comes and she's pushed to the title. Guys, that's her gimmick. She's a flair. Yeah, and... it's it's a little on the nose sometimes. Look, I respect Charlotte for being there at the forefront of this thing. Back when women's wrestling didn't get the time of day, she was there with the four horsewomen and, and was really one of the ones to break through that glass ceiling. I think it's great. 
but in in the year of our lord 2023 it's getting a little tired yeah but then is she still in some kind of you know floating in in the middle of a on a life raft where you see her come out and kind of want to be a face mm-hmm. and it works for like one night and then the next week she tries it again it doesn't really work well, she's and... no Ric Flair in terms of mic skills either. Which, you know, when they were when SmackDown was here, and they and she had that promo. I specifically remember the promo because I was sitting there in the crowd going like cringing as hard as possible because the crowd was doing the what chant because I, here's the the little you know it's not it's not a secret but when the crowd does a want ch- a what chant they're not. A, connecting with what you're giving them you have to switch it up you have to do something that's going to shock them because then they'll stop instead she just kind of admonished them for like are you guys really giving me the what chat it's like yes now do something about it charlotte like she is no rick flair when it comes to the yeah charlotte you've been in for 10 years get over the what chant like no i know so i i feel like the the straight shot of bianca and charlotte for the title mm. hasn't been done yet and they kind of strategically tiptoed around that with this one and that's got mania written all over it so we'll see i love eo love eo back in nxt back in those women's yeah. war games matches that's when i first kind of got into her and i was like yo this girl really is comfortable flying off of anything and she has so much poise and like smoothness in the ring and can work for real that that segment on smackdown going way back when they first kind of split the brands and she was going back and forth with oscar with uh, oscar mm-hmm. and uh i want to say japanese and then i saw the twitter video a great. couple of days later with that subtitles felt like we met her for the first time i was like i love this yeah y'all can give me this with live captioning yeah and my butt's in the seat. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. She she is. Let her be her. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've we've. I feel like we've been saying for months at this point how EO deserves to to be at the top of the card, and she's she's one of the best performers there. Well, we got her. We we finally got her, and I'm really excited for it. And I'm excited for it partially because that theme song is so over. I love EO's theme. I it's really. Do you remember when she came out to uh, uh, the live band as well? And it was the same, you know, strobe light effect. I forget who the band was, but the song I think was called Scary Mask. I don't remember. I remember hearing it though. And it was- That was main roster? Um, No, no, it was not. Okay. It was NXT. That sounds like a, yeah. It, sounds it like was a right after Triple H like reintroduced him. It might've been, uh, I know it was a, oh, it might've been like one of the first matches when they first went on TV. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up now. My facts may be wrong on that one, but I mean. we EO's over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, now you know, they, they got through the whole cash in without Bailey turning on her. So mm-hmm. now. Which I think her. is a great call. Cause th- I think that faction is just what the doctor ordered. Damage control is really fun to watch. The Dakota injury sucks because now I think that um, you maybe let EO defend it once or twice, but the Bailey stab on her, stab her in the back, pay per view feud for the title, I think is probably inevitable now. Isn't Bailey hurt though? Maybe she is. I didn't know that. 
Um, she, if she so, threw up the axe at a house show a few weeks. Oh, ago. I saw it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. She's probably yeah, she's nursing she, the knee. Um, I bet she's nursing the knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, let let her let her have her back for a little while because it does seem natural and organic. The celebration looked good. You saw a picture. Yeah. Dakota was there. Mm-hmm. Dakota took a picture. There was a picture of the three of them last night. That felt good to see. Yeah. Well, um, she came to the ring. Crowd pop for that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, she was backstage at the press conference too. And she she even asked. She's like, "Hey, I." are you back back? And she's like, I'm not back back. I've 2024 is going to be great, but I'm right now I'm still getting ready. And so it's good. At least that they were straightforward about that. They let her come out and have her moment, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, no, uh, bravo, bravo to that. Yeah. I think that's good for that belt because yeah, when once Bianca first won it, I was like, okay, that was a kind of cool, I guess, you know, on a dog, she did get her just due because this whole time she was like, Adam Pierce, you're, you're screwing me. And then she she kind of came out with the belt. I was like, okay, okay, but I don't know where we go from here. She just had the belt for a damn year. Yeah. And then EO came out, and I was like, ah, here we go. Okay. Can I can by the way, can I just say the referee in the women's match seemed to really understand very clearly what was happening when she handed her the briefcase. It was like two seconds and they started. None of this, like, you want a what now? You th- this briefcase, what is you want a what? five minutes of arguing back and forth about it no 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 not this time no no yeah i want to say was was it jessica carr but yeah whoever it was yeah they definitely did the money in the bank module in wwe official official training (laughs) on their onboarding (laughs) she 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 did the module she followed along she answered the quiz (laughs) she watched the the cheesy video they're like when a superstar comes to you with a green briefcase, you, you can't you skip. A, question them for five minutes. B, turn around and ring the damn bell. <laughs> like, she knew what to do to, to oversee that process, and it was handled smoothly. It, it was a great transactional cash <laughs> in. She got what she ordered. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. And I'm glad that we went MMA first. EO triple threat second because we kind of wrapped that up on a lighter note. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anything you going on AEW right now while we're here? We got all in in what ten days or something? Oh like that. man, is all, it, is all in they, next week? Are they gonna are they gonna have a card for that or are they just gonna wing it? They're just gonna go out there and uh, Tony Khan's gonna be like, so we'll. Hey guys, thanks for coming. We're gonna do Jericho and who else is back here? Um sting there you go let's guy let's go guys it's gonna it's be a paul Heyman type situation sting. Sting. yeah i don't know man i'll be honest with you i i uh i think the hottest thing in that company has been mjf and adam cole and uh you know they're they're they look like they're heading for a conclusion on this thing i, I don't know what's gonna happen with that being the first named match and the it sure seems like there's some chicanery in in uh, in the works for that. that Here's match, the question: but... Is that main event, which I think they said might not be the main event, and mm. it's like, well, guys, what the hell are y'all doing? It's got to be it's your freaking title. Your yeah. it's MJF. He's your most you know pushable. Maybe guy they'll right put now. the real world title instead. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that call out. By the way, Collision was also on yesterday. I heard that there was apparently another, they really need to preempt that on nights where there's a PLE because 
we Ooh. love we love the Saturday night PLEs now. We do. Oh, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's a hit. Yeah. And um, yeah, what's a collision when there's a SummerSlam <laughs> on the same day? <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, uh, to to quote the great Tony Stark, not a great plan. Yeah, the top guys are actually over. Oh, they're they're in the big stadium. <laughs> I mean, look, AEW's got its place. I enjoy I'm a little worried. Really I'm a little worried for this all in card. So the question is, is MJF Adam Cole for the for one of the world's championships? Is that going to make you purchase this card and watch it in real time? Be honest with you, I there, there's not a whole lot that I think will make me drop 35 bucks on a pay-per-view nowadays. A lot of the times I'm watching WWE, it's because I subscribe to Peacock. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, the five, the five doesn't hurt. No, it makes it a lot easier to tune into a pay-per-view when you, yeah. when you, when you're just putting out a monthly. So, so the way I see it, uh, there's not a ton they can do that will make me pay. And I'll probably just watch the highlights. Now I don't like being, that negative like i've i've purchased one pay-per-view that one aew pay-per-view and i've been to one and that that was that sort of where i stand on that i i they're not to me must see tv um only because i just feel like they were at a point in time yeah yeah and it's not i don't know what's changed because you've still got that deep talent pool but i don't think they're telling stories as well as the the uh they're just not telling AEW is not a telling stories company uh, unless apparently your name is MJF or, or, you know, and I say MJF and not Adam Cole because MJF has been part of the, some of the best stories uh, since this thing started. He seems to be one of the only ones that's really paying attention to it. So when you watch these shows, you know, not to, not to get, you know, Vince Russo has a lot of flaws, but one of his points has been, you know, it's storylines that get you to the that get your your butt in the seat. It's not it's not great matches. Great matches are are great to watch, but it's why do we want to see these two fight? And you know, a lot of the times they're just putting that seemingly on the back burner in turn in in uh, exchange for dream matches. And you know, I love dream matches and they're great. But, the, but... The, a dream match can't be fabricated every month and i feel like i can watch the best parts of a dream match on youtube i don't have to watch it on on pay-per-view you know i, I saw not putting the storyline elements on like you can't get if you didn't watch royal rumble when when um when Sami Zayn turned on the bloodline then you missed a ton because the youtube clips were abridged they were short they got the point across you had to see that you had to watch that 40 minutes yeah if you but if you're watching it you get that AEW doesn't have that AEW is giving you matches great matches and no doubt they're great matches but you can watch the great matches you know so you can watch it on on via clips so uh I think that's what they're missing to some extent. And I think one of the biggest um, positives towards AEW lately has been that story of Adam Cole and MJF. And I think that proves my point to some extent because they put a lot of effort into the story. I got two people that I think would be compelling that I think you would like a lot to see do, do battle in a wrestling in, in the squared circle. Yeah. 
and uh we'll do this we'll do shout outs and we'll get out of here thanks for coming thank you for getting on here bro no i love it i love it anytime man um maxwell jacob friedman and los angeles night oh man i think that what he's alluded to in the bidding war of 2024 since last year maybe even the year before that I think Max is in wrestling for a great time. For I think he's in it for the best time that he can, not the longest time that he can. He's right said that. <laughs> yeah. Um he's gotta know that he can put so much more butter on his bread hmm. with the E, that being WWE. Yeah. And I don't know what his exact status is, but I think in this in this MJ in this Adam Cole feud, I, I think that um either you gotta unify, figure this belt situation out with CM Punk, do that, or get him get Adam Cole over either as a heel. He turns and Roddy's his guy now and they're heels, and he's got another guy too, and he he does his Adam Cole thing, which he kind of does all the time. And he, you get Adam Cole on top, so that way you can prepare yourself to transition and fade MJF by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But I think MJF's got to hop on the first ship going to WWE. You're, I think he will do himself no favors delaying it. So, say his contract is up just December 31st, for mm-hmm. example. If this man walks out on Monday Night Raw, or Friday Night SmackDown in the month of January and declares himself for the Royal Rumble. And he starts talking all his shit and running down anybody he wants in the company. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Logan Paul, whoever he wants to come in and just tear apart on the microphone. You let him come out, he does his day, he does his introductory, he does the Y2J reveal countdown. Oh my God. It's MJF. Hmm. The first person to stand across from him in the ring, he's he's mid-promo. Mm-hmm. I, I told you, I'm like, LA Knight needs something to really dig his teeth into. And then after that, title picture it has to be. But you have LA Knight come off. Nah, nah. You don't get to mosey your little tan ass in here. <laughs> and get in my ring with my microphone talking to my fans about what you're going to do when I've been wanting this thing. He does his whole uh, years. I, I, you know, I'm coming here. You're young, wet behind the ears. That Like, you don't get to come in here and think you're going to run LA Knight's game. And then you let that bubble underneath whatever's going on in the title picture And then both of those guys are just moon. Push all the chips behind them for what you have. I don't know. I'm I'm far fetched. I'm I'm chalkboard throwing darts. Right? No, no, no. You're fan booking. You're 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 fantasy booking, and I I think that's all right. I mean, I I love what you're saying. I I love that idea. I think MJF uh, tries really hard to come off as not a team player i think he's a i think he's a huge team player and i i think it's going to be a hard time getting him 
over from AEW over to WWE. But I, I, I think, think he, he does have lot. that. I think he is attached. I think he yeah. caught feelings for AEW and, and the and the you Good know what I mean. Yeah, it. yeah, I think so too. And 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 I also don't know what his contract status is. I look at that and I I think maybe that because I I don't know what part of that whole kerfuffle between him and and uh, and Tony Khan, how much of that was real, how much of it wasn't real. I'm not 100% sure the man hasn't already signed an extension and we're just doing this for storyline. Uh not not that it not that I want to ruin the the illusion here, but I I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I am uh, speculating wildly as they say. Uh so I would love to see that. I also think MJF under the Triple H regime is the only way to go. I don't know if you saw after uh after the uh latest episode of dynamite he came out and sort of did a whole um he cut a whole promo on tony khan and how or like i guess not cutting it all on tony khan but you know positively saying that he you know he would have had some stupid gimmick had he gone into wwe but instead he went to AEW and he got to, he the guy's the guy is is uh uh very up on AEW. so i do uh, wonder the realism of actually expecting the bidding war of 24 to actually come up with any meaningful change uh other than just storyline purposes but um i god i'd love to see it i think mjf i think I, i've always said i think the the easiest guys to translate from aew right now are kenny omega and MJ, mjf kenny's not going uh mjf right. is still in flux but uh i i think those those guys could really translate over to the style that they do over in WWE. And I'd, uh, I'd love to see it, but I don't want to get too excited about it till it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to um, WWE because with this cold war that the two companies have kind of going, they haven't jumped at the opportunity to just go pull some AEW guys for the pop of, Oh, look who's on the other brand. You know, the guys that they've brought back have been guys they just let go mm -hmm. for, you know, reasons that everybody wasn't happy with. So they, they've been like returns to the company, not, you know, the, the big free agent signing or the big transition. So I feel like that clears the path for, you know, clearly they're only doing the ones that they want to do yeah. and have an idea for it, and it because it's essentially only been Cody. And that, again, was another homecoming. But if you're going to splash, it's like, no, we, we're not trying to go get Cesaro back or we're not trying to go get Miro back. Mm -hmm. No, we're taking MJF and we're going for the jugular. But that that may be, that may be tougher to accomplish now than maybe 12 months ago. Like I love said, what you said with the Chris Jericho entrance and that put it into vivid, a vivid picture for me because MJF's yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Jericho's first promo was thrilling, exciting. I was watching live. I was, I was so excited when he walked out there yeah. and just as good was the rocks rebuttal to him in that moment where he, yeah. you know, he buried him in, but in a way. That, yeah. I told you it doesn't matter what your name is. You know, it was just one of the best moments in wrestling at that point. Right. And uh, the idea of MJF having a moment like that with someone who is 
perhaps more established at that point, like an LA Knight, someone who's on who can do on the mic what someone like that can do. God, I love the I love the image of that. Now I'm just gonna be mad if it doesn't happen. So thanks for that. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Um, I'm hoping for it. There's almost nothing like a debut. It's funny how you're saying like the you know you can catch up on the highlight matches. I think back to 2016, I guess. But um, I didn't know anything about Shinsuke Nakamura, but everybody mm-hmm. was making the bees knees that he was going to be coming across the sea, and him and AJ Styles just had a five star match, and then they kind of they saluted each other at the end of it, and that was the match that I went. And, saw the highlights of and was like mm-hmm. jesus christ god you know holy yeah that was a that looked like a hell of a match i can't wait to see these folks over here and both of their debuts were big freaking deals we probably oh, haven't yeah. had debuts like that except for cody and then the bray return and oh there's the bray white you know that's uh, spiral, spiral again a spiral of emotions again yeah but yeah. I, I need that in 2024 i really do that's all i'm asking santa for uh, i'm trying to to do my due diligence santa vince <laughs> yes <laughs> uh what would it be hunter claus but uh that was a good that was a good rundown man give me a shout out to any, anything or anything or anybody that that you have that uh is relevant in your world that that you want to give a shout out to man man i'll tell you what so um i mean if we're shouting out to any any anything you know it's we'll keep it in in um well two things i'll I'll put it this way i wrote a review of uh, american nightmare becoming cody rhodes and i did it because it was uh not because i usually review like uh you know just the the blockbusters the newest movies to come out all that stuff uh, I did this one not because I was a sign. I saw it at the same time that everybody else was able to see it. But I wrote the review just because I really wanted to write about it. I really enjoyed what I saw. So if you have not seen uh, American Nightmare becoming Cody Rhodes, uh, give it a look. I mean, you're 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 missing a a really nice uh, a really nice telling of an emotional story, and 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 you know it'll make you fall in love with the American dream it'll break your heart. It'll, uh, and then, and then you can watch, you know, the story play out and the way, you know, with some stuff you didn't know, it's, it's a really great, uh, um, it's a really great doc. I, I, I've been very impressed with it. And also at the same time, follow me on, shall we say X, I guess it is, uh, because I, I do write about stuff like that, about movies, about reviews and stuff like that. My, uh, my handle on there is Justin Walker, J U S one zero Walker. So like the number 10, Justin Walker. And, uh, you know, I'll keep, uh, you know, but really go check out that doc. Cause, um, it's worth a watch. Even it, it may feel like, uh, like WWE canned cheese, you know, but really what, but it's really well put together. Cody's a Cody's a dope dude, man. Yeah. I, I I have some respect for that guy, and and I I I'm going to give that such a dedicated viewing mm-hmm. with food and maybe a substance. <laughs> yeah, you might. I, I'm going to watch it's that. Got thing. feels, so you might it yeah. might not hurt. <laughs> like I, I'm going to watch that with the expectation that you know there was a lot more to this story that I wasn't aware of. So yeah. I'm, I'm going an open-minded. To, to it's just well out. told. It's not so much that there's a ton that you're going to find out like, wow, it's just very well told. You're, you're watching yeah. it from a different perspective. I feel it. I feel it. Um, shout out to moms, man. She, she just busted the move to drive down here and uh, drop some back to school stuff for the kiddos. Shout out to yeah. Damien. 
because he just hooked your boy up with a new soundboard that is uh oh man the chorus of booze that that, that is going to begin to flow on this podcast is going to be so yeah. fulfilled, so love fulfilling <laughs> i love it and uh shout out to uh all the listeners again i i, I didn't have a, a deeper shout out in, in the can but I love getting more voices on here. Hopefully with more voices, we were, you know, branching the new folks who haven't heard the pod before and maybe now want to go back. But I will say that this summer series is panning out the way that I would have loved. This was the, you know, concept behind the pod from the, from the origin. It was never just a sports thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know, the folks who were listening kind of from the jump saw that the bio was like, yeah, it comes down to, you know, catching up with your friends and basketball and wrestling and then you get 29 episodes about basketball. And it's like, why is wrestling in your bio? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just more a metaphor of like, yeah, you know, it, it's going to come down to basketball, sports and some other common interest and in, in some cool conversation, ideally. Oh, yeah. And in, in the past week, we've got to to really venture off and, like I said, hopefully catch some new ears. And I appreciate you guys for uh, giving us some time. And just know that in return, we're going to just keep doing it. You're, you're going to hear Justin's voice. Not, this is the first time, not the last time. Yeah, I love it. If uh, if if I have anything to do with that. So that that's it for me, man. Happy Sunday to you. We got a good week coming up ahead. I got Friday off, thank God. There we go. Four days for me. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. I don't, I don't have a day off for uh, for like uh, you know the next millennium, so I'm I, I like that. <laughs> hey man, hey somebody's gotta do it. I told you he's I, that, that's why I said he's that guy. They need him. He can't <laughs> be off. If he's off, pretty sure the website just won't won't load <laughs> more or less. If it doesn't, just refresh. It'll be fine. Follow my guy, check us out, watch the product. Thank you for listening. Like, follow, subscribe wherever you are. Get to it this week. And uh, until next time, friends.